Welcome to On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I'll be your guide as we explore the stories of today with the personalities impacting tomorrow. Welcome to On Balance. Welcome to another edition of On Balance. I'm your host, Rod Berger. Uh, We are going to be speaking today with J.P. Gilbo. He is the CEO of Navigate 360. I, I really do appreciate the, the word navigate in the title of the company that he helms, uh, especially when we think about the mental health and the well-being of students across this country. Uh, this generation of students are embarking on a journey that I don't think any of us from the adult side of it have had to ever go through, or at least to this uh this level. So it's very important to talk about what we're doing out there to support students uh, and their experience within schools and, and outside of schools. JP, it's great to have you on today. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So JP, tell me a little bit, give the, give the audience a background on Navigate 360, and then we'll, we're going to want to dive into some of the sort of here and now topics related to the work that you're doing. Sure. Uh, Navigate 360 is a company that focuses uh, holistically on school safety and it really encompasses all critical aspects from prevention through to, through and to recovery in, in, in an event. Uh, we, we really focus on empowering schools at, at all levels to address mental health, school culture um, through curriculum. We help them identify and assess threat and concerning behavior before it becomes tragic. And we, we help schools in, in, implement and institute strong safety, safe, safety operation plans and procedures and train on those procedures. JP, let's talk about the schools themselves. Uh, I'm going to play, um, I don't know, I was going to say dumb, but that's too simplified a word in this regard. But help me understand or educate me on the variability or the variable, which is the school in this equation, meaning what types of support systems and personnel do they, are you seeing a change in what they are sort of uh, putting together as a team at the school level, at the district level to support an integration of a Nav- Navigate 360? Because I think there are some assumptions. We've seen it in ed, ed tech. We've seen it in all kinds of different uh, areas of education where we can have advancements in the private sector. And yet at the public sector, we struggle because we haven't built up sort of the the roster, if you will, to support the integration of the innovation or the new look, the new approach, the new solution. So talk about schools with regards to the type of personnel, the way where you're seeing them beef up and or where maybe there are some gaps. Uh, s- sure. I, I think, you know, schools are in an evolving state uh, when it comes to safety and, and mental health. Um, in, in, in the characterization of, of kids. Um, certainly, if you go back to Columbine or Parkland or Sandy Hook, there was the immediate rush to harden and create a physical barrier for, for prevention. Um, but over time, what, what has come to be is, is schools are moving towards you know, implementing a, a much more holistic approach and, and recognizing that kind of character development, um, uh, early identification of behaviors and mental wellness are, are important prevention techniques that not only prevent violence or self-harm from taking place in school, but uh, also enable better academic performance. And you're seeing you know, more counselor support. You're seeing program experts come in around social emotional learning and, and life skill development as part of it. And 
you know, it, it varies across um, state to state and even district to district. Um, there's the recognition that law enforcement and school administration and teachers need to be part of a cohesive systematic team uh, to, to approach kind of this multi-pronged or three-pillar approach. JP, how did the pandemic impact the request or the needs from the school side of it? Because now we don't, we can't just assume that we have students on the physical or in, within the physical campus. Um, that has changed dramatically. How has that impacted maybe the the recognition and or the needs sets that these schools have in the way in which they are requesting support from groups like Navigate 360 and others? Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest shifts that the pandemic has created is the realization that uh, and the impacts that isolation has on um, really student performance and student behavior. Um, and, you know, when you think back as, as kids return to school, um, there's certainly a, an effort to address learning loss. But the biggest shift and kind of the biggest request that we hear is before we address learning loss, we, we have to, to address kind of the social, social development loss uh, in, in our kids that, you know, we have kids for, for two years that, that maybe have just started in school and they haven't seen a smile. They've been behind a mask. They haven't interacted with people. And you think about all of the social development skills that are occurring by nature of a day-to-day -day interaction. Well, those have to be rebuilt. Um, and they have to be trained and developed before you can get back to full capacity of academic learning. And so that's been one of the, the, the biggest shifts that, that we've see, seen occur is really how to help with that. The other is um, it's well documented, whether, whether it's uh, you know the CDC, the Surgeon General calling it out that there is a, a national mental health crisis occurring. And that mental health crisis is triggering a lot of concerning behavior, violence, fights, issues in schools. And so part of the, the, the need has been, how do we, how do we train and, and educate uh, those in the school building, how to identify this behavior, how to, how to deescalate the behavior, and how to create intervention programs that can actually, you know, address the issue that's at root cause and then move the child child back onto a, a, a productive path. You know, JP, one one element that I'm very curious about, and this may be more the dad in me than it is even in sort of the, the interviewer here in this discussion is, and I think it's real, we talk about the great resignation and in education, we're talking about the big quit. So I'll give you, uh, so my public school here, my children go to elementary school and my daughter's first grade teacher is already gone. The principal is leaving. The librarian who has been sort of an institution for these kids is leaving. And I found out yesterday that the guidance counselor is leaving. So with that as the backdrop, I'm wondering if the extension of this social development loss, if you're, if we, I mean, we're forecasting a little bit, but it seems like one of the areas that we will need to support and backfill is in the relationships that young people have with the educators in the building. For some kids, that could be the most, one of the most meaningful relationships they have that is steady, that is supportive, that is in their corner five days a week, or if they see them at the soccer field or at the grocery store. And if we start pulling them out, 
systematically, I would think that that's going to have an impact on their social development and that there will be loss felt. Yeah, I, you know, I agree. I'm, I'm a father of five. So you are brave in addition to being the CEO of Navigate 360. <laughs> <laughs> my kid, and, and my kids range from, from, you know, 30, 30 now to, uh, to, to, to 20. And, um, you know, and I remember when, when I joined Navigate 360 and leading this company, um, uh, my my son was in high school and i remember him experiencing active shooter drills and lockdowns and we would of, often talk about what the impact of that was but um you know i think it, it at any school level the idea of a trusted adult to a mentor or a friend is 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 critical and you know, I, I think you're spot on, and and we're seeing the signs of of a significant amount of turnover in our school systems, um, and and that will create you know a need to kind of rebuild a relationship, and 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 in some ways, that's that's part of life skill development, and and that's part of program implementation that's also being you know advanced in the school system to. You know, educate kids as they as they develop through their their educational career to form a a trusting, healthy relationship with with really all people. But in particular, whether it's SROs, whether it's teachers, whether it's counselors, they are critical, trusted adults. And and it's going to be important for the school system to think about how do I implement these programs into my culture and into my school to reform and rebuild as as teachers and counselors turn over. I guess the danger would be that we would be reactive as, as opposed to, you know, proactive in our our thought process when we do think about the number of, of adults that are potentially uh, transitioning from their profession uh, in public education. Look, I, not to talk sort of, uh, you know, the secret sauce or, you know, grandma's recipe here, but I'm always interested, JP, in sort of how schools and districts think about the budgets that they allocate to the resources and solutions that are out there or that are available to them, that that can be indicative of a district that is very aware and wanting to be proactive and or a district potentially that is behind in the times and is struggling to figure out how to integrate in new innovative solutions to meet the needs of today's student, teacher, and fa family and community. How are, how are districts engaging with companies like Navigate 360 and how are they understanding the role that you play on an ongoing basis? Because I think, you know, when SEL started really coming on the scene publicly, it was sort of this patchwork kind of a thing. Oh, that would be a nice thing to have, JP. Or maybe we can stick it over here in the corner of the room, but it's not going to be, you know, sort of dead center in the classroom just from a, you know, a visual, right? We're not going to think of it that way, the way we integrate it. Are you seeing a change in that where you're getting the sort of the classic buyer that is understanding they're allocating budget, they've got, they're just a much more educated buyer because of the seriousness of what we're talking about and the impact that it can have if it's done well? Um, I'll bifurcate the answer. I think the answer on one part is yes. Uh, when, when we start talking about curriculum and programs related to the character development, the life skill development, the social emotional development of kids. Um, we're, we are seeing very thoughtful, educated buyers about the program. And, um, you know, 
it, it, it is always evolving, but I think there's better evidence out there now linking social emotional development to academic performance. And so you have an educated buyer at, that is, is thinking about the balance of core curriculum versus life skill development um, in, in that realm. Let's go to the safety side in, in some, because at times these, these things still are not fully conceptualized or connected, that they, they work together to prevent bullying, prevent suicide, violence in schools. Um, you, you know, there's a lot of legislation and policy that drives the procurement of safety programs and safety technology. Um, and, you know, school, school systems are reluctant um, to, you know, consider or look at how innovation and how technology is evolving because there's, there tends to be a recurring cost. And, you know, sometimes there's a funded mandate and then there's unfunded mandates. And so on that safety and security side, there's really kind of a, you know, what you have to do and must do to check the box that, that is going on. Um, and, and, you know, I think innovation and proven results over time here will, will change some of that. But that's, I, I think where I, I find most of, of the time I spend is, is more educating about where, where innovation is taking place or the loosely sewn together solutions and approaches that safety has been created on historically and how that's actually complicating the school system. It's more taxing to the school system and where these benefits can come into play. So tell me if I'm far afield on this or if we do need to sort of pay attention, we need to watch it like a stock maybe. Uh, maybe there's a better analogy out there, but so we're struggling right now across the country and especially in my state of Tennessee, where we are looking at content and we are looking at the, either the selective removal of that content in libraries uh, and curriculum. Um, but these conversations are sort of bubbling to the top. So I am very interested in thinking about curriculum that addresses or talks about, let's say sensitive issues that do, that <laughs> do cause an emotional reaction and or could be perceived as subjective by some individuals or groups out there. Are we at risk of negatively impacting companies like uh, Navigate 360 and anybody else that has curriculum when it comes to the display, the sort of walkthrough of conversations that may or may not elicit different responses from the reader? How should we understand and interpret some of those elements when we now link it, link it to social emotional learning? Because I would think that that is like we need to pay attention to that as, a, as parents to support Navigate 360s of the world? Uh, yeah, um, so, so great question. Um, we are at risk of impacting companies like Navigate 360. I really don't think about it that way. Uh, I, I'm more concerned that we are going to impact uh, children's lives. Um, uh, that uh, we, if, you, if you're a good company and you're gonna stay agile and you're gonna evolve and you're gonna to adapt to, to where, the, where the environment is moving. Um, uh, and, and that's our focus. When, when I think about social emotional learning and the ideological pull that it is falling into, um, it's our job to be an education company focused on educating parents that there is research out there that says, you know, break down the five competencies that SEL really is focused on doing. 
strip away the words SEL, and whether you're you're Republican or Democrat, every parent agrees with those skill sets being taught and developed in their ch- children. And so we have to to adapt, and then we have to be sensitive to the way the curriculum is designed and developed, and the way the story is told. And and this is where teachers have you know really kind of anxiety. They're getting boxed in around, you know, statutes and rules and, and policy of what they can and can't do. And that's that's where the risk I feel is really at that that we're we're at the risk of of harming teachers and and the profession really becoming a frustrating profession versus the intended good good natured uh, profession that it is, which is taking care of the most precious part of, of life, and that's children. Uh, very well said. And I'm glad that you brought up the teacher being boxed in because I do think that that is, I, I, I agree with you that that is the challenge that we're facing if if we're going down some of these ideological paths that have been purported in the news all over the place. So we don't need to go into those. Let's now pivot to, because I do think it's an extension. And one thing that I, I do believe has been a very positive trend in education over the last decade is this <laughs> sort of this moment where we said, you know, we might want to think about how our K-12 connects to our higher ed experience potentially, and then college and career readiness. And this life cycle, the student life cycle. And so talk a little bit about your work within workplaces and whether where they align to the work in K-12 and or where they might diverge a bit just because of the, the age of the individual that is working with the curriculum. Yeah. So, you know, you think about school to college to, to profession or from K-12 to profession. Um, there's a set of, of work-ready, life-ready skill sets that, that evolve. And in fact, where part of our social-emotional curriculum first focused was on college. Uh, and what we quickly heard from higher ed was that most kids entering college weren't ready for you know what they would be encountering in college and 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 therefore we adjusted and pivoted down to focusing on the K12 sector so that you could think about college readiness and maturity uh in it now whether you're in for profit or whether you're in as an adult in school there is always work we can be doing on our own mental health and on our own development in terms of handling conflict, managing our emotions, dealing with with different perspectives and and diversity. And so we do that and supply that um, as part of, you know, really adult SEL versus student SEL um, and and differentiate on on those on those paths. Um, at the same time, you know, look, the basics of, of 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 security and good planning and preparedness are are no different in uh, schools than they are for for profits, and we we do believe that, you know, for profit businesses and higher ed all need great great policy protocol and education of staff. You need procedures to deal with and identify and remediate um, the, these issues. And so there's a lot of applicability to the adjacencies of of uh, what we do in K twelve to those two markets. JP, let's close with this. So you mentioned earlier, you're the father of five, and I noted how brave you are. Um, <laughs> that brave. Um, when you think about why Navigate 360 for you and your professional career, do you close down on a given night and think about the responsibility you have as a parent 
or a CEO and in what order? And just talk about the impact of being in this type of work during the times that we are in. Yeah. You know, my education and interest has always been in behavior and social psychology. Um, it, it's how our environment and mindset shape our behaviors. And, and so that's my background. Um, and I, I think when I wake up and when I go to bed every night, it is as a, as I don't know if I'll call it a CEO. It's a protector of life that, you know, my personal mission is to see everybody reach, get the, the opportunity to reach their full potential and creating a safe environment, one that has an absence of fear, one that has positivity, collaboration and connectivity um, is is really, you know, the environment I, I think people need to have. To, to thrive. It's part of what being a public educated kid in the, in the good old Midwest, that's, those were my, my secret sauce recipes. And I want everybody to have that opportunity um, because they could, they can reach their, their potential that's beyond today's dreams. Boy, I, I resonate with that. And I know we're both kids of Michigan. We were talking about that off air. So I, I do, I do relate to what you are sharing. Um, JP, it's been great to spend some time with you. Where can people go to learn more about Navigate 360? Yeah, uh, just directly to the website, uh, navigate360.com. They can find us there um, and alistraininginstitute.com. Well, keep up the great work. We need you. We need Navigate 360 and others to to continue to support not just the student, but really the ecosystem that is education that supports our communities across this country. We want to thank JP Gilbo. He's the CEO and protector of life. I like that better, JP, of Navigate 360. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. This concludes another chapter of On Balance. Connect with me via LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dr. Rod Berger.